0: Of moves happened, we're gonna catch up on a lot of that today. What is your in your opinion, Dill, the best move of the offseason so far?
1: Hey, this is pretty easy for me. It's pretty simple. Uh, it's got to be the Devontae Adams move, besides adding you know, a superstar receiver to your squad. It got Tyreek Hill out of the division. So Chargers fans and Broncos fans can all unite with the Raider Nation in what happened in that move. So, I'd say if a whole division is happy except for one, I'll take that. So, I, I got to say that's the biggest move of the offseason.
0: Devante, what about you, Paul?
2: You know what? Even though this doesn't seem like this doesn't really fit the mold as, like, a big move of free agency or anything like that, but I had to go with it because their plan B is, like, I don't even know so I'm gonna go with Tom Brady unretiring and coming back to the Bucks is the biggest move of the offseason. The Bucks are screwed if they didn't have him on this team. <laughs> uh,
1: Would they be uh in the top three selections next year if Tom Brady didn't come back, do you think?
2: I mean, they do have a pretty stacked roster around him. You know, the defense is nice and the you know, they got the weapons on offense, but it's hard to see, you know, whoever they're planning to to roll out having you know much success i could see like maybe top 10 for sure but yeah i mean i'm sure that rest of the nfc is not thrilled about it you know so but
0: through that i mean yeah that's huge dude i mean i think 100 percent of us would agree that's huge um so she said but uh <laughs> you know what man my my big my best move of the off season let's look at it through this lens for some background Baker Mayfield was solid enough to help the Browns reach the postseason after so many years. Uh, He's the only Browns quarterback to start four consecutive seasons, dating back to Bernie Kosar. We weren't even alive to watch that guy play quarterback for Cleveland. So, you know what? Maybe Baker's actually a tad underrated in his situation and all that in Cleveland. Just maybe. Um, But it's not about Mayfield. That's not why I brought it up. But take all that within context whatever the legalities are, they'll be what they be. But if Deshaun Watson plays a down for the Browns, he's the best. He's the most talented quarterback that franchise has ever had on their roster period from day one. So, I mean, for a franchise to have their best QB to ever step on the field, hopefully it's week one this year to me, clearly that is the best off season move for any team. Um, I I can see why, why you picked Devonte Adams. He's the best receiver in the game, dude. Um, I could see Tom Brady, no disagreements with either of those. Tom Brady is the G O A T almost maybe of sports, not even just football. So like, can't disagree with those. I, I'm just taking it more on a micro level where yeah, Cleveland, they made the playoffs last uh, two years ago. They missed it this year when they were expected to make it and all that. No one, th- you know, not a lot of people think much of Baker and they made the playoffs. So, uh, but I also want to put into context, we all know Deshaun's electric. He's fun. He's still a developing quarterback and he's going to have to get back in a rhythm. I mean, it's not like he still has, you know, the Browns don't have Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham anymore, it's nice that they have Amari Cooper, He's going to learn that offense. You'll get a good 10 games out of Amari Cooper before he folds on you. Hopefully you get at least 10 games out of Deshaun. But um, let's keep it real, though. For full quarterback transparency, Watson's numbers, aside from his latest season in Houston where he had to throw a ton because that team just wasn't up to par, he, he produces along the lines of Derek Carr and Dak Prescott. That's the kind of production I expect when he finds his form, whenever that is, maybe week three, four, five range, uh, assuming he plays from day one. You know, um, but you know who's not who's not too far from those numbers are a couple guys that not a lot of people around the league show respect to, Carson Wentz and Kirk Cousins. I mean, they're kind of right there with Derek Carr and Dak Prescott and Deshaun Watson in terms of production. So I mean. I I don't think the football world should expect Patrick Mahomes or Justin Herbert coming from Deshaun Watson in year one in Cleveland. Um, But yeah, I love your guys' picks. And uh, I'm just, I don't know, man. I, I can't talk about off the field stuff, but on the field wise, I'm excited for Cleveland and Deshaun Watson. What do you guys think?
1: Absolutely. Um, I guess kind of piggybacking on that, that that was actually my most surprising move there, which was the combination of both Deshaun Watson and Amari Cooper. Um, I can't say that I predicted either of those guys to end up in Cleveland, if I'm just being honest, but I, I got to applaud the move. Like, Hey, they're aggressive. Like you mentioned Baker Mayfield, and they had a little success. They were able to make the playoffs. Tough season last season. We all know kind of what transpired there, but at the end of the day, They're right there. They're ready to compete to hop back into this crazy AFC battle, um, let alone in their division. Right. So they're ready to go. They're loading up on Deshaun Watson. They're going to figure out some of the other moves on the back end. But I love the aggressiveness. Those are my surprising moves. Kind of how you were saying the biggest move. I I put them as surprising just because I had no idea either of those moves would even be capable of happening.
0: That's pretty cool. I feel you, man. I mean, Paul's pick of Tom Brady. That's my most surprising move of the <laughs> off season right there. So kind of intertwined. Um, I, I'll be honest though. I, I might've texted both to you this, that I didn't really buy Tom Brady retiring. I don't know what it was. Maybe my detachment because it was off season time or whatever. I just, I couldn't get it through my head. I'm like, no, he's not really retired. But that doesn't mean I can't pick that same thing as the most surprising because even if he was trying to engineer his way to the Dolphins and, you know, that theory and whatnot, which, you know, I could buy into that. I'm not saying I don't, um, you know, but on the other hand, back in Tampa, Bruce Arians is no longer the quarter, uh, the head coach. So Tom Brady comes back at the quarterback, you know, maybe some things going on there. But uh, in the amount of time it took for him to retire and come back, i that's I had to pick
2: that for my most surprising move. Uh, how about you, Paul? Rising move. I had to go with Christian Kirk to the Jags just because of the sheer money. That uh, I mean, I was shocked. I, I couldn't believe it. I mean, I know he had like a solid year, but he was like you know, the third or fourth option when when Hopkins is healthy. And you know, he put up decent numbers when Hopkins is out and all that. But he just doesn't seem like a. I don't even know if he's a number two, honestly. Like I just feel like he's a he's a good solid receiver, you know, but Just for him to get over, you know, $20 a year, I think it was surprising. And I think not only what happened with them, but I think other teams are probably pissed at the Jags too because look what it did to the wide receiver market this offseason. Like, wide receivers (laughs) are getting paid. And the Jags just ruined it for everyone because once (laughs) Kirk got to all the other receivers, are like, well, I'm better than him. I'm better than him. Give me my 25 or 30, you know? So it's like... So just the ripple effect of that move, not only the move itself, but the ripple effect of it was just was
0: crazy to see. Where's Jerry Maguire when you need him? Jerry, <laughs> you know, show me the money, Jerry. Well, dude, since you brought up Christian Kurt, let's start with the AFC South. Let's, let's hit these divisions. We'll go AFC South. And let, let's stick in Duval County, Jacksonville Jaguars. Christian Kirk posted 982 yards last season in Arizona. That was with Kyler Murray. Will he break 982 year one in Jacksonville with Trevor Lawrence, Doug Peterson, 17 game season.
2: That's definitely um, a tough well,
1: question. <laughs> Go ahead, Paul. Yeah,
2: I, don't, I don't see it. I just feel like there's enough other you know, solid but unspectacular receivers on that roster, I guess. I mean, I still like Marvin Jones. I think he had a a pretty solid year last year, to be honest. I I didn't expect it from him, but, you know, with him in the fold and just, I don't know, I I just can't see him as much as, like, a clear, clear upgrade of of what they already have, like, to me at least. I know, like, in Arizona he got a lot of targets because Hopkins is out and they kind of, like, you know, with Kyler, they kind of spread it out and stuff like that. So it's, I feel like in that offense, it's, it was easier for him to get yards and it's gonna be harder. I just feel like harder while, cause Lawrence is still developing and they're still, you know, their offensive line isn't as good. So, um, so yeah, I think, I don't know, it just feels high to me for him to get to that, but who knows he could have, the way they paid him, he might have 150 targets next year too, I don't know. So.
0: Deal or are you avoiding Christian Kirk in fantasy or are you going to target him as some sleeper or something?
1: That's tough. Uh, I guess I'm doing um, some due diligence and research. I got to wait for training camp, man. I got to see how some things play out or just a little bit more information because uh, all I put as far as him hitting that season high was put they better because of that contract, right? That was it. I know Paul (laughs) loves that, uh, you know, because he touched on that portion. But that's, uh, let's just be honest here. At the end of the day, that's what you're expecting him, right? You're paying him that much money. You anticipate him to have, you know, come through for you. Does that mean a thousand yard season, um, you know, is guaranteed? Absolutely not. He's got to go earn it. But I agree with Paul. He's probably going to get that target share. At the end of the day, from a fantasy perspective, how many guys are actually there that are better than him, just, you know, name face value. Uh, do I think he's the best receiver in the NFL or even top 10? No. Um, there's a lot of good receivers in the league though. So that's not saying much about him. Uh, at the end of the day, he will have the opportunity. I just don't, I'm not betting on it right now that he will eclipse his season high.
0: use the perfect two words. Uh, I think hundred percent of us here and the listeners would say is they better that that's funny, dude. That's true. <laughs> Um, I mean, knowing a Doug Peterson offense, I want to say no, uh, seeing Trevor Lawrence who hasn't had this alpha receiver yet. I kind of want to say, no, I see 17 game season and possible volume. That's the only thing that makes me want to say. Sure. Um, but no, I'm not going to target that guy. I'm kind of fading him, but someone's going to get the volume there. Um, I mean, it's not like they have any spectacular tight end. Um, aside from Marvin Jones, a lot of people can't name another receiver. Um, I mean, they'll rely on ETN a little bit in the passing game, but how much? He got hurt. Is who knows his future? Uh, they're going to integrate him for sure. Uh, so yeah, I guess I guess uh, the opportunity will be there. Um, we'll see if Kirk's good enough or durable enough. Um, let's stick in that division, Tennessee Titans. They move on from Julio Jones. They replace him with another vet, Robert Woods. Paul, you call him Bob Woods. Look, man, this guy had a thousand yards in two seasons with Jared Goff and the Rams. He got hurt last year. He's coming back, opposite of AJB, or so they think. AJB's <laughs> got his own things going on. Um, but even with that situation looming, Robert Woods will either be the wide receiver one or the uh, one of the best wide receiver twos on paper uh is he a thousand yard receiver in Tennessee next year with Ryan Tannehill Paul
2: uh not with that offense I don't think I mean I don't know it's it's hard because I guess 17 games now a thousand yards isn't like anything like spectacular as long as you stay healthy it's not like like 60 yards a game or something like that but um yeah I mean just I mean, I know Leo was there last year, and of course he got hurt every other game. He had a hamstring again, and then he came back and tried to play, and then he hurt his hamstring again. So um, hopefully Woods is healthy. I know it seems like he's kind of getting up there in age, and now he's got coming off the big injury. So hopefully he can still be as productive as he was. I just don't see it. You know, maybe if A.J. Bradley's, then for sure. But just in that offense, as long as Henry's back to health and the way they want to just run the football and – They don't want Tannehill to be thrown 40 times a game. Um, I just don't, I just don't see the big, I guess, upside for him next year. Um, So yeah, I'm I'm going under.
0: Dill, is that the only way you're going to, you're going to play Bob Woods, Woods man, as uh, as if AJB's out of town or something?
1: Hey, shout out to Bobby Trees. Uh, I say, yes, he will absolutely have a thousand yard season this year. Um, At the end of the day, I agree. Um, you know, they are always going to be run heavy, right? Um, we understand that. But 17 games, that's still going to be so much opportunity for that passing game. So A.J. Brown, if he's there or not, I'm counting on him being there, but who knows, right? Things change overnight, apparently, uh, in the NFL now, just like the NBA. Uh, but at the end of the day, I do think he's going to be a great addition to that office. I still can't really name other receivers that should be playing over him, snaps-wise. I mean, I know they got, you know, some of the younger guys, um, that, you know, got to play because of Julio's injuries last year. Um, but I just, I don't really see where the target share is not going to be heading towards him. Uh, if AJ Brown is you know going to be on the other side, double covered.
0: Good point. And on top of that, AJB hasn't been the most durable receiver since he come into the league. Uh, I mean, Woods, if healthy, um, actually seems like a lock for a thousand yards Uh, on paper. um, You know, just judging off his recent history and he's been more of a durable player, you know, just had the injury last year, unfortunately. Yeah, Tennessee's pretty good, man. Um, They're going to try to make another playoff push and defend that division. And one of the teams they'll be holding off or trying to hold off is the Indianapolis Colts who feel they've upgraded uh, in maturity and in leadership just with one move. They they feel like they got all that with Matt Ryan and that trade with the Falcons. Is he enough by himself to get the Colts into the postseason, Paul?
2: Uh, I mean I think the postseason with the extra team now with the playoff format, I think they can they definitely should be able to make it, you know, especially if they get another rushing performance the way Jonathan Taylor and that O line blocked from last year, I feel like and their defense is talented. So there's no reason why they shouldn't be. Cause I think, I think Matt Ryan's a good fit. And in, in the sense that, you know, he, you would think he would limit the turnovers and just kind of, kind of play more conservative. I don't think the way their offense is built, they don't really have like the speed guys anymore. Cause TY is not the same and Pittman's kind of a bigger guy. So they don't really have those speed guys. So I think they're going to have to be like that team that kind of like conservatively just. Chunks the ball down the field and doesn't and not going to get big plays necessarily, except from Taylor. But, um, from the Colts perspective, I love the move because they were literally had no one else and they got Matt Ryan for like a mid round pick. And just the fact that their plan B would have been like Jacob Eason or something like that, like that would have been pretty rough, I would think. And, and especially with the roster, the way the other you know, the, the rest of the roster is ready to compete now, so. I think it was, a, it was a really good move. And I think they were very lucky that Matt Ryan became available. And it might have only have been because of the Deshaun Watson situation because Atlanta kind of put themselves out there like, yeah, we want you. And Matt Ryan's like, okay. They're like, all right, I guess I'll leave now. <laughs> so like, I, I think Colts were very fortunate the way it worked out for them because otherwise I don't think they would have had this opportunity. That's a fair
0: point. So Dill, Matt Ryan, he goes seven and nine the last two seasons with the Falcons. Is he a significant upgrade the Colts needed over Carson Wentz at QB? Do you think they need a lot more come draft time? Possibly trades. Um, is Matt Ryan? I don't think any of us really attribute seven and nine to Matt Ryan not being good enough. But I, you know, but we're hearing things, right? Watch what When we watch sports coverage that, oh, Matt Ryan's an older quarterback. I say to hell with the age thing. Quarterbacks can play older than the usual positions. So that kind of doesn't concern me. But is Matt Ryan the significant upgrade, in your opinion? Uh, for the Colts in real life and for fantasy?
1: Ooh, for fantasy, that's gonna be tough. Um, at least from that perspective. I I don't really like their offensive weapons, if I'm just being completely honest. Like Paul said, speed or not, I just don't like their skill position players. Um, at the end of the day, I know everyone's not going to have pro bowlers lining up at every spot. That's just not the reality of the NFL, but who do they have as pass catchers? You know, is T Y even coming back this season? I don't know what his situation is like. Um, it, it's just tough. I just don't see it as an offensive perspective besides, you know, feeding that beast back there, JT. Um, at the end of the day, yes, I think the leadership aspect, um, you know, on paper, I'm just hey, I'm not in the locker room, so I'm just judging it based on what I can see and read and what I consumed in the media. Matt Ryan seems like he's going to be a great locker room presence and bring that mentality and, you know, hey, I'm, I'm showing up into the building first kind of deal, right? That's who you want in a starting quarterback in the league. And I think he's going to have that positive impact on the players in the locker room. I don't know if it transpires or any more wins than Carson Wentz was capable of. I think this on- offense is pretty limited still even with that amazing running game. So I guess like Tennessee, but I think Tennessee still has a better passing game than them on paper, at least. Um, I I just, right. I'm like that. That's just tough for me to see. So yes, with the expanded playoffs, they absolutely have an opportunity to compete and fight. They were there last year, even with the limitations and first year quarterback. So, um, I just, I don't know if he's a better player than Carson Wentz right now, just as an athlete and as a quarterback, Right. That's kind of tough. I'd still probably give the edge of Carson Wentz, but I'll give the, you know, the nod to, you know, Matt Ryan is his experience. And I just, I really do think he's not going to be capable of just sitting there, handing the ball off to JT 30 times a game and just dinking and dunking. I don't think he wants to do that.
0: And that's tough because a lot of times I'll back up a bunch of quarterbacks because they're volume passers and they're asked to like throw 20, 25 times only instead of 30, 35 times, which is a big deal for Rhythm. I think it maybe it's good timing for Matt Ryan. Maybe we get to see more of the Colts with Phillip Rivers. Maybe not. Um, I I guess none of us really view it as a significant upgrade overall and that we kind of all – it seems like you too, Paul, we all expect the Colts to be kind of in the same position they were last year. Is that fair? You kind of see it that way?
2: Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's not – it's just hard because with the way you know their team played last year and their defense and the running game, you you feel like they should have had a better record than they they had. They kind of started out slow. They kind of lost a lot of close games, and you know it's just it's not like I agree. I don't think Matt Ryan's a big upgrade, but it it just feels like it just feels like they they should at least be a wild card team based on the extra you know playoff team in the new playoff format. So. I guess that's where
0: I'm at with that. It just doesn't. Yeah. Along the same lines. Um, well, the seller of that division, Houston, do you guys think Davis Mills is going to get a legitimate chance to win this job? Or do you think they'll draft a QB and not even wind up starting him? Or do you think they're just in full tank mode and they'll get their guy next year? Or do you think Davis Mills is actually going to get a chance to, to like win the job?
2: Yeah, no, I think I don't think they're going to draft a quarterback. I just don't. It, um, they have the third and the 13th pick, I think, and they have a lot of holes. You know, they have a really a roster that needs help every a lot of places, and I think Davis Mills, while he definitely had his struggles last year, I think there was some games down the stretch where he kind of showed like, hey, maybe he's decent, and, you know, we give him another shot and, you know, try to put some other pieces around him. So I definitely think they won't draft a quarterback. Maybe they'll take one in like the mid round or something just to like maybe for depth or something, but I feel like they really need to like replenish the roster and have to use those two top 13 picks. They have to kind of, you know, build up either on the offensive line or the defensive line most likely. But, um, but yeah, I I think, I think, like I said, with, because of the roster, the way it is, they, they have to use those picks elsewhere and, and I feel like he's going to get a shot next year.
0: So Dill, is he even worth a flyer as a come from behind quarterback in fantasy football to kind of sneak in there or are you just staying Ooh, away?
1: That's tough. You know what? He actually like Paul, you know, to his credit, Davis Mills, he did have a couple games. He was able to throw some stats out there, you know, looked at on paper Um I think he could be viable in maybe a two quarterback league, right? If you have like 10, 12 teams, you got some depth there. Hey, you know, you got some bye weeks, you have a couple quarterbacks, you know, we've all been through that, right? So yes, I could see people taking flyers on him. Am I lining up to go get him? Probably not, but I do think he has a legitimate chance to start this season. And I agree. I don't I don't see them actually drafting a quarterback in, you know, this year's draft. Uh, you know, maybe to the exception of what Paul said, and maybe later in the rounds and you know, just to build that depth and competition. But I think he gets a legitimate chance to, Hey, this is your season. And, you know, unless there's an in you know, he plays absolutely terrible, you know, Nathan Peterman status throwing picks like that every game, or, you know, gets a serious injury. He's going to be out there. He's going to get these snaps. So this is beneficial for them. They get to evaluate. And for himself, he gets at least put some tape out there. And if he's not their answer, Hey, people at least got to see, you know, what he's capable of, what they can fix and bring him in to another system
0: possibly a backup with some starting experience. Not, not bad. You know? mm-hmm. I'll root, I'll root for it, man. But if you if you haven't Damn. checked out his neck, Google
1: that. <laughs> Glennon, he's up there with him.
2: I didn't think Nathan Peterman's name would be dropped during this podcast.
1: I had to do it for he my He was Gruden. a Raider, Leo. so of course. Yeah, yeah I had to do him. it. He was so mad when Gruden signed him. Oh,
2: my gosh.
0: <laughs> so you talked about getting a chance at quarterback. Pittsburgh's giving a second chance. Mitch Trubisky, is he going to be the guy? Is he going to start all 16 games this year, Paul?
1: I hated this question for
2: the record. <laughs> Crickets chirping <laughs> up in here, man. Crickets I'll say I'll say yes, just because the way the draft is set up, you know, without anyone who's, like, ready to come in now, even if they drafted, like, a Malik Willis, I still think they'd prefer to sit him for a year um, and just to kind of like learn the system because I know like the latest trend is, you know, you kind of, the rookies are playing more early than like before where it was like, no, they're going to sit for a year. I feel like this is the class where they won't be rushed, especially like a Willis who's kind of more not not ready to start day one. So So even if they drafted someone, I still think that, you know, he wouldn't play. So I think, you know, Trubisky, as long as he stays healthy, I don't really see any reason why he wouldn't play unless he just really was horrible. But I mean, I think the experience he got in Buffalo like under Dayball, who kind of like and learning like seeing Josh Allen play the kind of like a similar style, like that running, you know, quarterback who kind of like, you know, likes to throw on the run and things like that. So I think that that might've helped him. It should have at least, but um, just, Also like Steelers have no one else at quarterback. They're not going to play Mason Rudolph again. I'm pretty sure they've seen enough of that guy. So, um, so yeah, I think he has a great shot to play all 16 or 17 games.
0: Yeah. 17. That's right. Um, I don't know, man. I look at Pittsburgh and when it's not big Ben playing, they usually go through two or three guys. It just winds up happening. Um, so if I'm betting the odds, I'm going to say no, uh, Dill, do, do you see any chance of relevancy for Deontay Johnson and, and Chase Claypool even? Uh, I mean, we all know Najee's going to get his, he, that's, he's the feature guy of the offense, but what, I know Deontay's your guy. I think Paul, you like him too, but uh, is, are the, is he going to remain relevant in fantasy?
1: Man, that actually kind of hurts my soul a little bit. Um, I'm still going to say, yes. I think Deontay, because of some of the routes and, how they still like to utilize him. He's around the line of scrimmage a lot, right? He's kind of crafty. He's able to do that. He can get downfield. But I still think because of that flexibility that you know uh Trubisky brings as far as a running aspect and threat, that can benefit even Najee and some of those guys in the passing game or Claypool, right? Claypool, he can run a slant and get open real quick because of his big body. So I think that offense can actually work for Trubisky. And like you Paul, you know, Paul mentioned learning behind Josh Allen for a year. That's got to be somewhat valuable. Right. I'm not going to you know, put all my eggs in one basket and just say he's going to be great because of that. But I think he at least has the opportunity. I don't think they're going down the Mason Rudolph well again. And again, unless there is an injury. And I put, yeah, I think he does start all those games, even if they draft a quarterback. I think they're going to be patient and develop it because, again, they don't just turn over coaches either. Right. Mike Tomlin's going to be there. Uh, unless, you know, the world's on fire in Pittsburgh, which I don't foresee happening anytime soon. So I think Trubisky has a pretty good shot starting 17 games. I don't know if that means they're in the playoff line, um, but I respect Mike Tomlin enough to say they will be competitive.
0: You know what would be sick? Malik Willis running wild with Najee Harris running wild <laughs> all year and them continuing to give reverses to cl- Chase Claypool. And kind of playing like the Baltimore Ravens and Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, hey, if I'm looking at it, you guys know as an Eagles fan, it's not the type of offense I want to root for. It's just not. Um, I want a guy that I know can throw if he runs fine. I don't I don't need a, a burner at quarterback. That's just me. I get it. It's fun. It's popular. It's electric just but you guys had mentioned you know malik willis earlier and sliding in the draft into the teens and you know maybe there's pittsburgh right there and you know not not like a long-term commitment to mitch trubisky uh which it's huge you said josh allen he got to sit behind him a year brian dable that's that's huge for sure um but i do know the guys in pittsburgh at wide receiver like to block um i think they'd have more fun blocking for a Malik Willis and maybe getting that one or two deep balls per half, um, then maybe struggling with Mitch for the whole season. So that's where I'm at on that. Um, I don't see Kenny Pickett or Howell or anybody else um, stepping in over Mitch in that regard. He, you know, he's got the experience, he's been to the playoffs, he's helped A Rob over a thousand yards a couple times. So I'm not trying to say hey, Mitch isn't anybody. He's gonna get another chance and I'm excited for him. Just you know, um, yeah, maybe he does fit that mold of what Pittsburgh's looking for um in a young like a younger big Benish kind of guy that maybe doesn't run as much as Ben did when he was you know younger, but he's got that mobility to extend the plays. Pittsburgh's not a pretty team. They have to extend plays to win games. they have to kind of muck up the game, make it look ugly to come out on top so uh. Yeah, you know, Mitch will get his chance. I think he'll fit in. I just don't know how long. Um, So, I mean, a team that's been strong in that division, Baltimore, they didn't really make many moves up to this point in time, which is a sign of a good, strong team that builds to the draft. They know who they are. They stick to their blueprint. So that's more of a credit to them. I'm not really knocking that. But today, knowing how they were last season, maybe even the previous, if you want to reach that far, um, maybe some of their playoff shortcomings. Do you still view them as a Super Bowl contender today, Bill?
1: I actually do not. Um, like you mentioned, I think kind of the most notable offseason move was probably Marcus Williams, right, who's, you know, pretty legitimate safety in the league. So um, the risk of richer in that regard, right, they, they always find a way to get some kind of safety help back there. So kudos to them. I just don't like, I, you know, obviously I understand they were decimated with injuries last year. Not just in the running back room, but you know, in the secondary, there was a lot of things that didn't go their way. And again, yet they were competitive, fighting till you know almost 16, 17, you know, week 16, 17. Uh, I still just don't view them as a super bowl contender. I think they're, you know, kind of fighting for that bottom wildcard playoff spot again. Again, that's just a brutal division that they had to deal with as well. So that combined with again, everyone else in the AFC loading up on talent as well. I just don't see them as a Super Bowl contender strictly because of the conference itself.
0: (laughs) So, Paul, I mean, the division's kind of wild. Steelers in flux. Bengals come out of nowhere to make the playoffs. Browns come out of nowhere to make the playoffs, then they miss it. Ravens maybe only missed it and didn't make it for three years in a row because of injuries, that's fair to say. Um, A, do you think they're a Super Bowl contender still? And B, are you touching anyone in fantasy on that offense?
2: Oh, man, that's, yeah, that's a tough one. Um, Yeah, definitely not running backs-wise. I'm not touching anyone. Um, I don't know who they're going to pluck off the streets this year to play running back, but, uh, you know, they went through Le'Veon Bell, Devontae Freeman. I don't know who's, I don't know what, now they got, I guess Dobbins will be back, but, you know, we haven't really seen anything from him that suggests he'll be, you know, but we'll see, but, um, yeah, I mean, they feel like they're always like that good regular season team, but they never kind of like in the playoffs, they always kind of come up short. So I still feel like they'll be competitive, but they, like, like Dill said, the AFC stacked this year, especially the AFC West. Like it's just crazy. There's, you know, killers, all all four of the teams in the AFC West, you know, you can see as a playoff team. And, and then of course you got, you know, we were talking about the Colts earlier, you know, and, you know, I kind of didn't mention when I was like, "Oh, they should with the extra playoffs, what they should be." But you know, if you look at the AFC this year, you know, there's it's it's deep, so it's gonna be tough. I feel like, yeah, I feel like they'll be fighting probably for like a, a wild card spot. You know, I think, although I do think, I don't know, like, I. Uh, I still can't say the Bengals and the Browns are definitively better than the Ravens. I know the Bengals had a lot of success last year, but I don't expect the Bengals to kind of, you know, as a young team. And in the NFL today, it's really hard to kind of be good, like consistently and then, you know, back to back years. So I would expect them to take a little bit of a step back. Maybe not. I think they'll still be good, but I, um, you know, I think the Ravens could win the division. Honestly, Um, I think, you know, it's, it's possible. I don't think they're, Like I said, I don't think the Bengals and Browns are definitively better. So I think those three teams are kind of even to me, honestly.
0: Yeah, a lot of us would agree with you there. Uh, A former Ravens player, tight end Hayden Hurst. You know, he spent some time in Atlanta. Now he's back in the division with that Bengals team. That reached the Super Bowl. He was a first-round pick, wasn't he, Hayden Hurst? Pretty sure he was. Mm -hmm.
1: Um, Yeah, I think. Yeah, I believe so.
0: Do you think he kind of revives his career in that hot Bengals offense to, to kind of into fantasy relevance, so to speak, because we know a good year for a tight end, 600 yards and five touchdowns that that's a good year for, for most tight ends. So don't have to go all crazy saying, Oh, Hayden Hurst going to get a thousand yards with a hot take, not even close, but what do you guys think about Hayden Hurst in that offense? Just they're kind of loaded. Maybe maybe he can flourish in there or maybe he'll be the same guy he's been.
1: I think he's more talented than CJ Uzoma that was there last year. I think CJ, you know, obviously he benefited very greatly on, you know, his opportunities that he had. And it was pretty crazy. Those big games that he had, he probably only had like three or four catches the entire game. Like that was just the maximum opportunities he was getting. So I think Hayden, although he's going to be given that, you know, similar role there, how much volume is he actually going to be seeing with those, you know, trio receivers that they already have, you know, they got the backs, you know, Joe Mixon's he's also going to be incorporated in the passing game as well. So um, it's just tough. Is he going to live to his first round draft grade? Probably not, but most tight ends don't, I would say. And it's probably not fair to them like an Eric Ebron. He didn't choose to get, you know, drafted, you know, top five, top 10. Um, It's just, Hey, you were that talented. You're that much better in college. You can, you know, body people up faster quicker stronger um it's just tough to make that transition into the nfl you still got to block you got to do all those other things that you're expected to as a tight end even if you're not doing that down to that you know, some like some of these superstar ones um you know they don't have to block as much anymore any chance to
0: stream them this
1: year
2: paul in fantasy uh i mean it's possible the tight end position is usually not very deep you know you got your top you guys, you got your Wallace, your Kelsey, you know, and all those kind of guys. And then it's kind of usually a big drop-off after the top three or four. So it is hard. It can be hard to find tight ends. So, yeah, I could see them kind of like you said, a streamer, like if your tight ends on a buy or something, maybe you get a to touchdown or something like that, you know, kind of, you're kind of with the, with the tight ends like that, you're kind of just banking on touchdowns for fantasy. You're not banking on like, they're not going probably not going to get more than four catches ever in a game, you know, guys like that. So, um, You know, sometimes maybe based on matchup, you know, maybe he'll, maybe he'll sneak in a touchdown for you and salvage your week kind of thing. So,
1: Yeah. I can see yeah, him as a daily fantasy as... option, you know? Like, you you like that matchup, you kind of did your homework. You're like, hey, you know what? You know, I can play him here and, you know, save some money elsewhere.
0: Yeah, and for reference, uh, Uzoma, you mentioned him earlier, just under 500 yards last season with five touchdowns. My bad. Not bad. All right, round out the division with the Cleveland Browns. All of us touched on the additions of Deshaun Watson and Amari Cooper. Do they re-enter the playoff picture this year with those two, Paul?
2: Oh man, we we're just talking about this. How deep the AFC is. It's, it's going to be uh, that 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 division is going to be tough. you almost feel like whoever wins that, whoever you know they're going to have that one division winner. And then, you know, who knows if the second place teams is even going to make it because depending on how deep, deep the AFC is this year. So um, yeah, it's hard to say because there's still so much unknown about the Watson situation. Is he still going to get suspended by the league? You know, how rusty is he going to be, you know, is he still going to be, is he mentally going to be there just because of the past year, what he's been through? I'm sure it's just like, and just, just the mental side of things, you know, just trying to, be fully engaged and be getting back to football when you have so much other stuff going on in your life. So, um, yeah, I mean, there, it was a bold move the Browns made and, you know, it might pay off the talents there. You know, they got some, they got some additions, but, you know, I'm definitely still skeptical of whether of how good they're going to be, especially early on, you know, I think they might struggle out of the gate just because all the new faces and everything. So, um, yeah, it's hard for me to, like, confidently say whether they're a playoff team or not, you know. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so if you pick today that division,
0: where does Cleveland finish today in your opinion? One, two, three, or four?
2: Well, I don't think they'll finish four, but one through three, honestly, is a toss-up for me. Because, like I said, I think – I think. Um, Cincinnati's obviously right there, and crap, I can't just based on who the other team. Well, uh, Baltimore, Baltimore. Um, yeah, so I just think those three teams are so even, and they have you know, well, Cincinnati probably we think has the, less, the least amount of questions because they made the Super Bowl, but I just you know, there's always that after a Super Bowl, there's always that kind of like little bit of you know. Falling back to earth a little bit, you know. I think they're a good team, but I don't think they're like that team where it's like, oh, you know, I'm so scared to play the Bengals, you know, they're gonna, you know, kind of thing. So, man, if I had to pick today, I think they're the third best team in that division. I think the Ravens and Bengals are just a little bit better, and and, but it's hard because there's so much unknown with the Watson situation, and you know, he could, how well he's gonna play. So it's hard.
0: Good stuff. Dill, let's assume Deshaun Watson's in. Where do you have the Browns finishing in that division?
1: Today, as of today. Yeah, great question. As of today, um, I see them probably second in the division there. Uh, I saw the Bengals leading. I think they're going to be able to, you know, kind of run with that momentum. Uh, As far as getting to the Super Bowl again, again, AFC is going to be a slaughter fest. That's going to be tough. But uh, again, I do think they can at least win the division. I think the Browns are gonna finish up second there. Then I'll have the Ravens and the Steelers as of right now, the, the way I see the rosters.
0: Okay. Is Amari a must a unless must get in fantasy football? Why
1: does she ever win? No comment. <laughs> if you uh if you have a guy on a bye week, go ahead and play him. <laughs> Damn, bro. I know you're you're embellishing a little bit, but damn. Um,
0: All right. All right. We'll move on. (laughs) I've never been an Amari guy, so I get it. Uh, AFC East, um, we got a tight end. We just talked about a tight end, so I get it. I get how hard it is for that position. It just is. Um, But hey, Buffalo picks up O.J. Howard. Um, Another former first-round pick, which is why I'm posing the Question: A guy that's coming off injuries, first round pick. Um, does he have a chance to be a comeback player of the year with Josh Allen? Any hope of that, or you just you just think he's going to be another guy, hopefully getting five, six hundred yards and five or six cds Ball.
2: Um. Yeah, I don't know. It's tough because they still have Dawson Knox, right? He's still there, so I don't know. I don't All think. Right. He, I don't. Yeah, know. I mean, he had a, he had some good games last year, but I don't. know. I feel like from what I've seen in OJ so far in his career, he's more of just been a blocking tight end. You know, he gets he gets good reviews about his blocking, and I just feel like there'll be more of that. You know, they'll use him the same way. I'm sure. You know, he'll get his oppor- some opportunities passing the ball, but I wouldn't expect anything. You know, it, it'd be hard in general for a tight end to win comeback player of the year just because like I said, it's such a top heavy position and it's hard for, you know, after that, there's usually not a ton of impact guys. So, um, yeah, I could see like, you know, some games here and there, but, um, yeah, I wouldn't expect much of an impact as far as like in the passing game. Still,
1: And that's a tough part. They don't really run the ball that much either. So, I just, yeah, I don't really see where he's kind of fitting in in that regard. I, Again, I think it will be another guy, possible streamer, if we're talking fantasy-wise, you know, a couple games into the season, we can kind of see what his usage looks like. Um, I think it's just hard for, kind of like Paul said, any tight end to be in this category. I looked at some of the odds of some of the players he would be up against, for example, and it's just not in his favor. They, they had like Derrick Henry as the odds on favor to win. I don't know if that's fair enough for someone like him to, you know, be qualified for that He played double-digit games, didn't he? I, I agree. I agree. So I thought it was silly. I'm like, hey, that's, you know, one side I was able to look into quickly. But I just thought that was kind of funny, right? Um, and then, you know, someone like a Michael Thomas, or they had like CMC in there in the odds as well, or even a J.K. Dobbins, right, Roberts Woods. So just name value alone, does he have a chance media-wise or whoever votes for these awards? Probably not, even if he puts up, you know, 900 yards. In a season,
0: what if he gets like 10 or 12 TDs? Because, you know, what if everyone's on digs or they're loading the box up on Allen and they use him in the red zone? He gets 10 or 12 TDs. No, not happening. I see a bunch of no's.
1: I I don't know. I'm just saying that's tough. That's a lot of ifs. You know, well, double digit touchdowns for something he's never done. But
0: I'm just yeah. trying to, yeah, I'm just trying to yeah. lay out a scenario because Buffalo's a, an explosive offense. They're, I mean, for they sure. almost made the Super Bowl, you know. All right. Not much there. Sorry. I tried OJ. Um, <laughs> hey, I like OJ. If you did. Full disclosure. <laughs> if, if, he, if he did it, right? Um, All right. There's some movement. Uh, Devontae Parker stays in the division, goes to the Patriots. Um, is he a wide receiver one in fantasy, Paul?
2: Yeah, man, of course. Uh, <laughs> uh, I know um, you love you know, this guy. You guys, yeah, you guys know I'm a big fan of Parker because I was I remember texting you guys some stats when when Fitzpatrick was the quarterback about how he was from like week six of what the prior year to week six of whatever year it was, he was like the number one in receiving yards. Um I feel like with the right quarterback he can be he can still be really good. He's young. The biggest question with him is just staying healthy, you know. Um so, you know, with Mac, I don't know if if Mac's the kind of quarterback yet that can be like you know the guy who's going to give him the ball, like a bunch of targets. Kind of, you know, the way New England plays, they like to spread the ball around. They like to run the ball a lot. You know, um, especially with Mac, he's kind of, kind of in more of that game manager role so far in his career. So, I just don't think the volume will be there for him to be a wide receiver one in fantasy. But I think, I just, I still think he can be a number one uh, receiver in the NFL. But um, but yeah, just I just worry about the volume in that offense um, for fantasy. Hold up. Does he hit a thousand yards? Uh, if he stays healthy, absolutely. So that's a no. But yeah, I don't
1: know. Ooh, we got very cold in here.
0: <laughs> Dill, thousand yards fantasy. Uh,
1: I say no. I just, uh, I think the Patriots are going to spread the ball around, and uh, again, kind of reiterating exactly what he was saying, Mac Jones. He's, I don't see him locking into just one guy, especially this early in his career, um, especially because, again, he's not even locked in for that long, right? He's probably here for what, a season or 2 I'm not sure what his contract situation was like, but, um, you know, the Patriot way, whether McDaniels is there or not, you know, running the system on offense, they're going to find a way to spread the ball, run the ball, get it out quick, get it out of Max's hands. So he's a good decision maker. So he can throw it down the field, and I think they will have some highlight plays, I just don't know if that translates to, you know, a thousand yard a season or somebody that you want to rely on as a number one receiver in fantasy football perspective.
0: I get it. I get it. Um, I mean, if you're betting on Devonte Parker, the player in 17 games, he should get a thousand yards. He should be, mm-hmm. he should be solid to good enough to be a wide receiver too. If you're not going to, you know, go heavy in wide receivers in your fantasy drafts, um,
2: mm-hmm.
0: Def, definitely a wide receiver four like easily in my opinion um if you're playing flex or something uh i mean I rather play i i'd rather play uh you know a guy that's starting at wide receiver in my flex than like a second tight end or something like that i mean for one volume and two Devontae can get the big play um i think it's a good move by the patriots i, I like to pick up yeah he's a wide receiver one um you know probably back half. Uh, I think he'll be solid enough for where he's drafted in fantasy to to not make too many people pissed off that they drafted him. I, mean, I think that's I think he'll, he'll be drafted in the right spot, and he'll put enough production to, you know, make you feel like you got value or whatever. Um, all right. Uh, Miami moved on from him, but they pick up Chase Edmonds. I'm kind of thinking he has a chance to break out. Uh, we, we've seen a lot of running backs come through Miami, a lot of so-so running backs come through Miami still on the roster. We've seen a couple of seasons where Chase Edmonds ran the football well, and a couple of seasons where he caught the ball really well. Um, I don't know what it is. I I don't know if it's just coaching staff or if it's him making improvements. I don't know what he's better at running or catching, or maybe he can do both ball.
2: No, I, I, I think for sure he can do both. Um, I think he's kind of showed that, um, but I feel like just because of a slend- he's kind of more of a slender build uh, running back. You know, as far as like I would say, like an average running back in the NFL. So for that reason, I don't see him getting enough touches to be like a considered like a breakout candidate uh, necessarily. Because I know they picked up a uh, Mostert as well. So, you know, he's dealt with a lot of injuries, and you know, um, you know they still got Gaskin who wasn't great as a runner last year, but he showed he can catch the ball pretty well as well. So, and then they still got Salve Ahmed, who's, you know, shown some flashes here. and So I think they just got no one like a household name or anything like that. But I think enough people in the room where they're not going to give the ball to like one guy and they're going to, I think they're going to split their usage a lot. So just from that reason alone, I think, I don't think he'll have the consistent breakout fantasy numbers, but I think. You know, he'll definitely be up there as far as like yards per carry. Usually, if you keep him at like 10, 11 carries a game, he'll get you some good numbers. And then, of course, with the receiving as well.
0: So, hold on. So, Dill, if he's getting anywhere between 8 and 11 carries a game and 3 and 5 catches a game, is he in that Austin Eckler, DeAndre Swift category all of a sudden?
1: Absolutely not. Um.
0: That's a lot of. <laughs> that's, that's like between, that's like 16 to 18 touches a game. I don't
2: know if I go that high,
1: but yeah, I don't think he's going <laughs> to get that high though. I, I get what you're saying. The, obviously the numbers are adding up, but I don't see him getting that opportunity. Like Paul said, he listed all those running backs. That's a log at running back again, man. Just like in San Fran, where did Michael McDaniel come from San Fran? Right. So he's going to run the ball. He's going to roll out whatever guy's, you know able to go on the field at that point i don't think he's going to favor anyone but he's also obviously going to put them in the best position to succeed and i think Edmonds is more of that pass catching role versus yeah give him 10 carries make sure he's getting three to five targets a game i just don't see that for him as far as longevity as well over 17 games
0: oh for sure yeah i'm not saying it's a lock or anything like that obviously just bringing it up but uh yeah i'm trying to bring up interesting players that maybe can bring wrinkles to, to things and so with Edmonds let picture this Moster, he's had knee injuries like repeatedly not not like other he's had other types of injuries but he has he's had multiple knee injuries say he plays four to five games and he's gone gaskin he, he just doesn't produce like Edmonds does when Edmonds is on the field and I'm not saying miles sanders and Saquon Barkley and DeAndre Swift all merit the amount of touches because they all get injured man i mean i get it it's the running back position you're gonna get dinged up but i mean consistently injured um, i'm not and the same probably would happen to edmonds but he might be in that situation where he's the only good guy there that they're not gonna have a choice maybe but to give it to him because he might be arguably their best offensive weapon on the miami dolphins today
1: but isn't that um, kind of what Gasson's role has been in the past? Like, I feel like he's just been that guy. They're like, well, everyone else is banged up. You're kind of the guy. Here you go. Here's touches. Like, so I still feel like he's going to be there and he just feels like a reliable part for that staff to make that transition. Um, again, I don't know what his contract situation is like. I, you know, um, a year or two left or something, but, but I agree. Yeah. Most certainly he's probably not going to be there for all 17 games. Right. Based on his history there, unfortunately. So yeah, I can see Edmonds' role absolutely expanding. To what extent, though? I don't know. I still think they're going to get that fleet of backs in there just to kind of compensate for that if it does happen.
0: Paul, do you think he'll get drafted too high to be called a sleeper?
2: Uh, I don't know. Yeah, that's that's a tough one. I feel like, to me, I feel like most of it would be more of an interesting sleeper choice as like a breakout kind of candidate just because he's shown that when he's healthy, he can take over games with his running, and he's had some monster games in the past where he's had 20-plus carries, and you know, like if, like you mentioned with McDaniels come, come from San Francisco, you know, to be coach, you know, so he's familiar with him, so I feel like just because he's shown he can handle the load, uh, maybe can't handle it, but he's, he's shown that he, he can produce, like, with 20-plus carries a game, whereas Edmonds is not you know, never really had that opportunity. So I feel like he'd be kind of more interesting as like a sleeper breakout candidate to me.
0: I get it. I totally get it. So off the top of your head, this isn't like, we're not in full football form. This is, we're trying to get into the full football form again, right? So I I, I get it. If if none of us can think of someone off the top of your head, even you listeners, I, I get it. But if you had to think of that next guy to take a step, like everyone was all over swift last year he produced got hurt but he produced he came through for a lot of people that drafted him i just thought he was drafted pretty damn high last year all across the board uh, so in in the fantasy world where everyone tra- wants to try to wants to try to outsmart everyone else um and then maybe sometimes there's a simple slap in your face why are you bypassing the obvious guy um you know, like James Conner or the Melvin Gordons of the world, like off the top of your head, would you consider Chase Edmonds to be a top five value or top five breakout or sleeper back that hasn't landed on the radar yet?
1: I think that's fair to say, like just off the top of my head, kind of rolling through some guys. Yeah. I, I could definitely see him being in that mold because of that opportunity. Right. He's in a new spot. He has flexibility. Um, he's got injury concerns, you know, with the people behind him or to the side of him, however you want to view it right now. So, absolutely, I think he would be in that category. I don't think he's going to be overdrafted in that sense, kind of what you were referring to earlier. So, yeah, I think he could fit in the sleeper or just kind of fair value. Um, but I think he's going to slide in more to that fair value. You'll get him. You're not going to overpay and you're not going to get mad at where you got him. Oh,
0: so like Devontae Parker.
1: Yeah, I could see that.
0: Cool Cool. I'm trying to get you guys on on him so you draft him high in our league, all right so. <laughs> All right, rounding out that division, the New York Football Jets. Uh, a similar question to what we went through with David Mills Zach Wilson. yeah he's, he's got Michael Carter and Elijah over there out wide and all that but let's be real, do you think Zach Wilson has a fighter's chance as a starter in New York?
2: Oh, he's a hundred percent going to start next year.
0: Like, yeah. No, but e- even if they suck this year, like, oh. do you think they're just going to be like, "All right, great QB draft next year. See you, Zach."
1: Nah, yeah, I don't think. So so.
2: Top- yeah. Yeah.
1: Personally, I don't. I, take- I just,
2: yeah. I don't know. Yeah, when you take a guy number two overall, that's a big investment. So I feel like they're going to give him every opportunity to try to succeed as they can so but yeah i mean it's possible if it went really 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 bad this year and he's like just you know get him you know they'll probably they have the pick the fourth and the tenth pick i think this year so you know i'm sure they're going to look at one of the top receivers in the draft you know like a garrett wilson or drake london or jameson williams so we'll we'll see if they get one of those guys and to try to help him out and see how he does because you know um, Corey Davis showed he he had some decent games last year, kind of as basically their number one receiver. So, yeah, I mean, I guess it would have to depend on how bad it is, but when you take a guy number two overall, I feel like they're going to definitely make sure that they gave him every single opportunity that's humanly possible.
0: <laughs> I get it, for sure. So, Dill, Paul brings up being a top pick, number two overall. We've seen – you know, the Titans and the Bucks move on from Winston and Mariota. They went one, two in their draft. Um, maybe even a quicker hook on Jared Goff and Carson Wentz on their teams going one and two in their draft. So I'm coming from this. I don't think it matters um, in the Jets eyes. Um, they can get fired after this season in the front office or the coaching staff or whatever, because of the Jets. They haven't had that stability. Um, I want to believe in a the turnaround. They got Joe Douglas who comes from the Eagles and, I liked him because of his work from the Ravens and he's a stable guy. That's been part of teams that have been built up. So I want to believe in that. Maybe he is the only one calling the shots. I don't know. You know, the owner is usually involved and you know, the jets just haven't been good. Um, so I guess I'm, I have trust issues with Zach Wilson having a fighter's chance being the starter pass this season. Um, do you think it, a quick hook of Zach Wilson would be like uh, being the same old jets, or do you think it'd be smart because of the next draft class?
1: I think it's just falling into that trap, same old jets. It's easy to have that vision. And obviously, Hey, if he flames out this year, you're going to know, right. Based on the tape and the evaluations and that far and in that extent, but ultimately I think you're just setting back your franchise even further. Right. At the end of the day. Yes. He had a couple talented guys, Corey Davis, again, in and out of the lineup with injuries, Elijah Moore in and out of the lineup with injuries, Michael Carter, right? All these guys that were saying, Hey, we, he has some talent. Were they there all 17 games? No, absolutely not. So, uh, even Wilson, right. He had to miss a little bit of time as well. So, you know, (laughs) it's not his fault. He has to run for his life at the same time, trying to make plays downfield. So based on what I've seen and, you know, the throws he can make, he can wiggle, right? He can get downfield. He can run. He can, you know, take off for 50 yards, you know, take it into the end zone on like Daniel Jones. Uh, <laughs> so it's just cool. Like when you actually watch him on the field, it's like, yeah, this kid, he has the ability to do it. Is this organization going to put at least enough around him to have, like you're saying here in the question, a fighter's chance? So I think in order to do that, yeah, follow through. Unless this dude goes, oh, you know, wins zero games next season, which I don't foresee. I don't know how he's not the starter going into next year for them.
0: Paul, do you know the name C.J. Stroud?
2: Sure, yeah.
0: Bryce Young. Anthony Richardson. Will Levis. I don't know how to say his name. Levis Levis. <laughs>
1: Do you know who those guys are?
2: Sure, yeah.
1: yeah. The draft CJ class next season. Yeah, people love Stroud and Bryce Young.
0: Yeah, would you rather A2. have one of those guys next year?
1: I haven't seen uh, them play it down in the NFL.
0: <laughs> so I'm just posing the question to you guys.
2: Then uh, Would I rather have them than Zach Wilson? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's hard because I feel like with the quarterbacks now, it's, it's, it's hard to, you know, when they're coming out, you know, they're going to have to have like the, like Dill said, he, he had a lot of adversity the first year. So I can't definitively say like that. I would rather have one or the other right now. It's, it's, it's I guess it's still way too early to try to decide, at least for me
0: i get it that's why i'm asking it <laughs> um i actually like what i saw from zach wilson i thought he was a tough dude um and i thought he i think he can play i just have some trust issues with the jets uh, i guess that's understandable um, <laughs> all right let's move to a division full of teams that do not have trust issues they're freaking pumped for the season and so should all these fan bases man the AFC West is just freaking ridiculous, dude. Um, they could probably have two teams wind up playing each other in the AFC title game this year. Um, they might have four teams in the playoffs. Who knows, man? Like, it it's just ridiculous, dude. Um, let's let's say the silver and black for last, and let's start with the, I guess the quarterback splash. Russell Wilson getting traded to the Denver Broncos. I know the divisions. i know the afc is tough as nails paul does russell wilson joining the broncos make them a lock to make the playoffs a drew lock to make the playoffs
2: oh man that's that's tough i want to say yes but as we alluded to earlier the afc you know is going to be stacked this year and even his own division is going to be stacked you know, and it's going to be his first year. He's He's been in Seattle so long, and now it's his first time changing teams, you know, so there might be a little bit of an adjustment period. Um, so, whereas the other teams are at least more stable. You know, Herbert's going to be in his third year with his – you know, in the in their system, and Mahomes has been with the Chiefs since he's been in the league, and now Carr has been with the Raiders for a long time. So, you got a lot of, I guess, familiarity with those teams. But, I mean, he's got – all the weapons and the talent to do it. You know, they got, they got uh, a nice group of receivers. You know, you'll see what Jerry Judy can do now with like a, an actual quarterback and um, you know, their defense is beefed up. They got a pretty solid secondary. So um, I don't know. That's that's tough. I, I could definitely see them in like that nine, nine to 10 win range. If that's, is that enough to make the playoffs this year? I don't know, you know, and I just feel like I don't know. They might, like I said, I just have this feeling they might start a little slow, just because there might be a little bit of an adjustment period um, with them. And I don't know what their schedules like. I haven't looked, but that could also determine, you know, which of these AFC West teams makes the playoffs. You know, just just looking at that. So yeah, I guess I guess I see them about nine wins. Is that I don't know. Does that make them a playoff team?
0: maybe seven seed but okay so if they had gotten Aaron Rodgers instead would you say they're a lock to make the playoffs
2: mm, Aaron Rodgers and I guess Devontae Adams we we're thinking he was gonna be a package deal right but no um, yeah I definitely feel better if it was Rodgers I definitely think he's um, I know Wilson's been into more Super Bowls and all that but I don't know, I just feel like Rodgers is the better quarterback. So, yeah, I, I would say – I'd say with him, I'd call it a lock.
0: Ah, I would too. Dill, are they a lock Denver as is with Russell Wilson? What do you think?
1: No, I don't think so. Um, kind of like you guys were mentioning, I'm, you know, I shook my head yes immediately if it was Aaron Rodgers, right, um, to meet different circumstances. But that's tough. Um, I think the offensive line is kind of – equal like as far as going to Seattle to Denver I don't think Denver's offensive line was really that good Uh, I think Melvin Gordon and Jamonte are just that good of running backs and you know it's kind of tough to tackle them both as far as how you know successful they were on the ground I don't really trust their passing attack like I know everyone was you know pointing at the quarterback situations right Drew Locke Teddy Bridgewater I get that are these receivers really that good though I know Tim Patrick just got his money Cortland Sutton right Jerry Judy right These are all very good names that most people, myself included, have drafted in fantasy over the years. But when I'm taking a step back and I've looked when Russell Wilson joined, are these players really that good? We're going to find out because at the end of the day, Drew Locke was not an amazing quarterback by any means, but he was not afraid to fling that thing down the field. So maybe that was a downfall, right? He kind of took a little too many risks and doesn't give his teammates the opportunity to make those plays. But I just, I really question and, I know everyone in the fantasy community is loving Albert O at tight end now instead of Noah Fant. I'll believe it when I see it, okay? So I'm just saying the pass catchers, it looked good on paper. They got their paydays, a couple guys, but I just don't really see them being elevated by Russell Wilson when he's already had DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. Granted, he maybe didn't have that third solidified option like they do in Denver now. So I'm really curious to see the combination of what Russell Wilson can do with some different targets. And if these pass catchers are really that good.
0: Yeah, man, you know, my take on Russell Wilson. I have probably been down on him before anyone down on him more than anyone. And I like him, but the dude leaves much to be desired, man. He just does. There's a reason the Seahawks moved on from Russell Wilson. It just is. That's a fact. They should be making the playoffs every year. There should be a lock. Denver should be making the playoffs every year with Russell Wilson. They should be a lock, but that ain't going to happen. And Seattle didn't because Russell could be better. He's likable. I get it, but he could be better, man. There's two things he will not have in Denver. DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Maybe add a third thing. I don't care if him and Pete Carroll had some squabbles or whatever. Pete Carroll is a Super Bowl coach, was a winner at the college level too. Pete Carroll knows how to gear up a team. He did not have that in Denver. This is a new coach. First time head coach, Cortland Sutton, unproven. Jerry Judy, unproven. Kind of butterfingers at times. Tim Patrick, okay, you got some money. You're still unproven. Your best player, it ain't Albert O. It's that running back. Javante is dope. That's their best player, not Russell Wilson. It's a second year running back. That, that's who Denver has to feature the offense around is Javante Williams. And I like Russell Wilson, never loved Russell Wilson. I didn't think he was ever top five. I thought he may have had, may have had top five, top seven moments in his career. He's similar to Dak Prescott. Um, not, I'm not just saying that because of the stature. I'm saying that because you want to think more of these guys. They have these wow moments and, and these wow stretches. And then they have these wtf moments and wtf stretches like but what i don't get is with russell wilson specifically it's it's kind of like kevin durant it's it's brushed under the carpet oh he's great it's okay it was he played the greatest defense ever okay russell wilson won a super bowl as a as a second year quarterback with the best defense ever like come on really so i don't know man um i think denver's far from a lock i don't I don't think much of their offense kind of similar to the Colts. What do you got besides a running back? You got two teams with veteran quarterbacks that you hope make the amount of decisions you need a veteran to make to, to not lose you games. And you're just going to hope you have an MVP season out of a running back because you don't have much else. I like Pittman. I like Judy's promise. I'm lower on Sutton post-injury. I get he's coming back second year after the injury. Maybe there's, you know, room for growth. I'm not touching the Broncos receivers in fantasy, man. I'm, I'm just not. Like, maybe you want Judy because of what Russ did with Lockett and the end years of Baldwin. But other than that, man, y'all can have your Cortland Suttons, dude. Um, Tim Patrick's not even on my freaking radar. Denver's going to have to win with defense and Javante Williams. Um as usual, do you guys think I'm too hard on Russell Wilson?
1: I wouldn't say too hard. I think.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think it's all fair to question, you know. I think it's all fair, po- fair points, honestly, yeah.
0: So, I mean, I would love Russell Wilson to teach all the quarterbacks in the league how to slide and gain yards without getting hit. I mean, Carson Wentz would probably earn another fat contract if he took a course from Russell Wilson, put it that way. And anyways, that's another guy with issues Um, on to the Kansas city chiefs in that division. They've been the strongest team in that division. Um, That's what Andy Reid does. Pat Mahomes doing his thing. They made some changes. Um, CEH has been the running back there. He's been underwhelming in my opinion, since being drafted in the first round. Uh, they picked up Ronald Jones from Tampa Bay. I thought that was a smooth pickup. Uh, and then at wide receiver, they ship Tyreek Hill out of town. They add Juju Smith-Schuster and MDS Marquez Valdez-Scantling. What position has more clarity to you? As Who's the RB1? Who's the wide receiver one in Kansas City, Paul? Uh,
2: I mean, for running backs-wise, I don't think it really matters because the way he read, treats running backs, it's like, you know, who knows, you know, Jarek McKinnon played pretty well last year. I don't know if they brought him back or, um, or if he's still under contract, but, um, but, you know, I liked what he brought to their team. You know, he's got a lot of bounce and he's got a lot of after the catch ability. So, um, and I think Chiefs fans are probably a little underwhelmed with CEH. I don't know how high they have him on their list anymore. You know, he, he kind of gets, he's been getting nicked up and then when he's plays, he has kind of been underwhelming and then same with Ronald Jones kind of the same story you know it's an interesting fit Ronald Jones because he's not really known as a pass catching back and much at all and with Andy Reid usually he loves those running backs that can really catch the ball well so it should be interesting to see how he's deployed but as far as receivers I expect you know they still got Kelsey who will eat up a lot of tension you know down the middle of the field and kind of open it up for other guys and with Mahomes and you know I think Reid will figure it out you know he'll scheme thing ways to get open I don't think you know, Hill's definitely going to be a big loss, but I still think their offense will be fine for the most part. Um, and they still got the, the draft, you know, they might, we'll see who they get in the, you know, the first round. They'll probably, you know, maybe target a, a receiver, maybe move up for one, who knows. But um, yeah, I mean, as far as like what receiver is going to have the best year, you know, that's that's a tougher one for me. because um, you know, MBS play with Rodgers all those years, but never really kinda of gained any kind of consistency and then Juju the last few couple of years he's been kinda of like he had that massive year with Antonio Brown and then every thought he was you know one of the best receivers in the game and now we realize he's kind of just like a pretty good slot receiver and maybe not much else than other than that. I don't know. So so yeah, I think it's fair to to question who'll kind of emerge as that wide receiver one in Kansas City.
0: Bill and Fantasy, you are on the clock. Who are you drafting first in this draft? CEH or Rojo? Juju or MVS?
1: Oh, that's awful. Oh, man. Uh, I'd still say (laughs) out of the running back choices, I'd still go with CEH because of that upside. Uh, I think it still could be there. Uh, at the end of the day, I, was Rojo used as like a goal line back in Tampa? I, I don't really remember like what his use was, but I feel like they don't really use CH in the, you know, in the red zone. So I wonder if Rojo is going to kind of take that role from him because there's really no defined back on the team that has that spot. It's usually what, like little shovel passes or something to Kels or, uh, you know, reverses to hill or something like that who's not there, right? So they got to fill that void. But, I, yeah, that running back room, I'd just stay away from it. But if I had to pick someone, I'd still pick CEH just because I don't really trust Rojo. Uh, but I, I, I feel like Rojo in a new situation, a new light and coaching staff, he should be able to be able to, you know, produce, uh, I'd say, more consistently than he was in Tampa because I, I know how quick they are to, you know, rip somebody out of the game after a fumble. So, again, I don't, I don't know how Andy Reid is, but I'm, I'm pretty sure he's pretty similar in that regard too. take care of the ball. Uh, as far as the receivers, man, that's tough. Uh, I'm with Paul. Like I, is Juju, anything other than just a decent slot receiver at this point, I, I think MVS is going to open it up for Juju. So I think Juju might have better stats um, as far as you know how many yards over the course of the season. But I think he's going to benefit because of MVS and Kels opening up the field for him. Honestly. So you brought
0: up the fumbling thing on Rojo. Yeah, that's been a problem. We've seen be being able to correct it throughout the careers and stuff. I don't want to see Rojo or CEH in short-yarded <laughs> situation, yeah. fourth-down situations, goal-line situations. They're gross. They're just disgusting in those situations, man. If it's first and or second down in the green light where it's like second and three or something, cool, go go ahead get him a carry sneak one in but no that neither is reliable in those situations in my opinion um the better runner i think easily is ronald jones um i think he'll have a a similar role and you know similar uh, capabilities cuz you you're going from tom brady to pat mahomes man um from greatness to greatness um, and you know mahomes has a little bit of mobility which helps you know maybe they they run some option plays. Um, I just I'm done with CEH. As quick as Cleveland was done with Trent Richardson, I am oh. done with CEH. It, it's, oh, he's just, he went
1: there. Whoa.
0: <laughs> I'm just not that into you. Like, come on, like he he's got the the perfect situation. He went to the perfect team. He's squandering it away, man. And I'm not saying Ronald Jones is the guy that that will just rip it out of his hands. I'm just saying he's just a little bit better. It'll probably be a timeshare underwhelming, but um, someone's got to get the carries. And I think Ronald Jones is just a little bit better as a running back. Um, Wide receiver is super interesting. This, this might be like the most head scratching um, just of anything that we're talking about today. Um, We're in the AFC right now and it's a head scratcher for me because yeah i i haven't been a juju guy like ever um but i appreciate what he does underneath i just thought you know another what usc guy just uh (laughs) not living up to a first round pick as a usc wide receiver i it's not me it's them i swear uh but but i appreciate what juju did last year for big ben you know juju got nicked up a little bit the previous year um I, I appreciate what his role is now. I didn't before because I expected so much more. But now that I think we all know who he is, guys, I love Juju in this offense. I think he's going to be a slot demon for them. I think he could be like a, a putting up like breakout kind of numbers that Wes Welker did when we didn't know who that guy was. Um, when who's that other guy Peyton Manning threw to in the slot, Austin, Austin um, Collie. Yeah, like
1: ruin that man's career like, though. But yeah.
0: But Juju's Brandon got a little bit more Brandon Stokely. Like, dude. Yeah. But Juju's a little bit more talented, those guys, a little bit faster. Yeah. And he's got Pat Mahomes. I Juju should have signed with him last year. He's he stood him up mm-hmm. at the altar. Um, so he's smart for finally going there now. He gets Andy Reid, Pat Mahomes, Kels. Um, but then on the other hand, I'm like, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. They're trying to replace the vertical threat, the guy that runs the post and the corners and the streaks, and sometimes gets a bubble screen that can he can take it for Yak. That's not juju, that's MVS. But he's never had this role. He's never had to step up like this. So I think it's super interesting. Andy Reid's like, "Hey, I want MVS on my team. I want all. I want that speedster on my team." Like it has me scratching my head. Like, do they have? big plans for this guy like maybe they do maybe he's their 1200 yard receiver maybe they don't have one maybe MVS and juju both get 900 like your guess is as good as mine but that's why i'm scratching my head like wait a minute it's a good situation for both receivers i just don't know who's going to have the better fantasy here um i think the smart money is on juju because of familiarity he's going to be in the slot we know Kels gets all the attention, so you know Juju's not going to get the attention. He's going to be killing guys underneath, but that Tyree Kill role is wide open for MVS. Like, do any of you see MVS busting out between one thousand yards and thirteen hundred yards this season?
1: I actually could. I I hate to say it, I could see him get to about a thousand. I can absolutely see it. 12, 13, I don't know, but I I think he can pretty dang close to the thousand because as much as I hate to admit it, I think it's a perfect fit there. And I think him and Mahomes should have some kind of, you know, continuity, you know, a couple weeks into the season, let's say, if not already by week one.
2: Paul? Yeah, it's hard for me. I want to say, yes, like Delta, it's a great fit and he's got the speed element, but I just keep wondering, like, why hasn't he produced with Rodgers in the past, you know? Why is Alan Lazard getting more rep, more catches than you? <laughs> you know, it's, it's just, he seems to have the talent, but for some reason, you know, he doesn't produce as well. And I know I've seen him, you know, he gets open on those long balls sometimes, but I don't know, it's just hard. It's just hard for me if you've been with Rodgers, who can throw a great deep ball, and you just haven't, you know, and you're basically not even, like, you know most he's on the waiver wire in fantasy most weeks you know it's like one of those like oh I hope he catches a 60 yard touchdown today kind <laughs> of pickups otherwise he's sitting at like a 2 for 19 you know so I'm exactly. like the situation <laughs> if he do it this year I don't know like I don't know when he'll do it so it's just hard for me based on his history to to say yes he will get a 1000 yards
0: I get it I get it He's just one of those guys that if you're looking at all the starters, starting wide receivers in the league, and you have to pick someone that's not on the map to make a splash, so to speak, he's got to be one of the first names we circle that because of opportunity. Um, that's all I'm saying. Um, we'll have more, you know, we'll we'll obviously round out our predictions later on, you know, as the season um a lot season gets close to the regular season and we have predictions and all that um but i think it's super interesting uh both wide receivers are in a good spot um all right so the chargers we know about justin herbert austin eckler their wideouts they're pretty dope they're good on offense but they got a defensive-minded head coach and they got a they got a couple of pro bowl caliber players and khalil mack and jc jackson but do those two put them over the top and actually in to the playoff picture, Dill?
1: I mean, yeah. In, in my opinion, they were in the playoff picture last year, right? They were what an eight to ten yard run away uh, from you know being in the playoffs, right there with us, right? So, uh, yeah. I mean, I didn't think the rich needed to get richer, but they did, right? They added some of those bodies on defense. Um, you know, obviously very familiar with Khalil, and you know he had a pretty crazy first year. In Chicago, does he need to do what he did in Chicago that first year in order to be effective and take this team over the top? I don't even think he needs to come close to that. He's has so much other help. I don't think he's been in this position before. So I think he's gonna relish it individually and you know push Bosa even more. And that's scary to see, right? That's a crazy tandem right there. And then you got those two rushing that any QB in the league, right? And then you got JC Jackson probably locking down a side anyway, too, right? So yeah, absolutely. That's incredible addition. So it's just, Hey, make sure those guys stay healthy. Khalil kind of had a rough, you know, couple of years so far. So hopefully with this added help with this defense, he's going to familiarity in the scheme as well. On some of those coaches, he should be able to fit right in and stay healthy there hopefully. And same thing with JC, you know, just wish everyone stays healthy. And cause those dudes they're, they're coming for everyone in the league, not just the guys in the AFC West. I mean, yeah.
0: And, Paul, dude, I, I was pretty bummed to see Casey Hayward <laughs> move on. I thought there, there was a good thing going on there. And he goes to the Falcons and then JC Jackson, here we go. Strap up uh, for the chargers. That was a smooth upgrade. Um, I didn't see that coming. It was pretty smooth. What do you think of their D man? Do you think
2: that gets them over the hump?
0: Uh,
2: I mean, they definitely needed some help because they were kind of a weird team last year. You know, they, they were like kind of, they were really inconsistent, you know, cause you know, the talent was there, but they'd have these games where they, they'd lose, they'd kind of lose to like the so-so teams and then they'd win against the better teams. And they're just kind of like games where they give up 40 points and then their offense games would score like four, only 14 points. So they were just really surprisingly inconsistent for a, like what you would call playoff teams. So um, just kind of, the way you know football goes sometimes you know you, you can you have all the players and sometimes you can have all these yards but for some reason you don't have a lot of points on the board and it's just kind of like what's going on so um so yeah I mean I mean Mac and Bosa on paper you know that should wreak havoc on on quarterbacks and and you know their secondary especially if Derwin James can stay healthy that would be huge as well almost almost bigger than those two additions is just how healthy that guy can stay so um and then just on offense like you know herbert keep continuing to develop making you know a big year three is always a big a big year for quarterbacks you know so um so he needs to continue to you know keep taking steps forward and in his development so so yeah it's just on paper they look like a great team but yeah for some reason they were just so inconsistent last year so um so it should be interesting
0: I mean, yeah, first-time coach, a unique type of starting running back. Um, Mike Williams, finding his way some, invisible some weeks. Um, I mean, they didn't really fill the gap of Hunter Henry when they let him go. Uh, Didn't really fill that. And that's, you know, Herbert had to, I think Herbert had to do a little bit more than, than he should have. Not having that reliable tight end. I mean, Jared Cook, sure, but you know what I mean. Um, I know Hunter Henry isn't throwing out eye popping numbers, but I thought Herbert looked comfortable with him. Um, so I, I don't know. I'm interested to see what they do there. Uh, I love their defense, and you know, you have the talent plus the coach. Um, he became a head coach for a reason. He's a pretty fiery guy. I like I like his schemes. Um, Brandon Staley. Sorry guys. But, uh, but yeah, like, I don't know, man, on paper, I trust, I trust his defense more than the offense on paper. I think they're more of a defensive team than an offensive team. I know they got the hot shot at quarterback, California boy, long hair now, right? All that. I get sunshine. it. I like him. I'm sunshine. I'm rooting for him too. He's going to be dope in fantasy. I, I don't know, man. Maybe they're missing that guy that they couldn't Wait to send out the door. Maybe they're missing someone like Melvin Gordon. Some stability on the offense, someone to slow things down. You give too much to Austin Eckler, like a lot of these backs, gonna get hurt. It, it, it's not a knock on Eckler. I love who doesn't love Austin Eckler? Come on, he's he's like Alvin Kamara in numbers and all that. Um, but but yeah, man, like they're missing kind of that that piece right there. And maybe maybe that's something they find in the draft. Well, since everyone thinks running backs are so replaceable. I mean, I kind of don't, it's just gotta be a good fit. I mean, you know, Baltimore can Baltimore had three running backs go down and clearly they're not replaceable. Baltimore's run game was so different, so much pressure on Lamar and then Lamar got hurt, you know, the, the impact of that. So like say Austin Eckler gets hurt. That's so much more on Herbert's shoulders. So, uh, so yeah. I love the defensive moves, Mack and Jackson. They're dope. They're ballers. That defense is going to be even more stout than it was more consistent. Perhaps. Um, I just think on offense, they're missing that, that piece on the ground. Um, so I don't see them getting over that playoff hunt without that type of guy. Um, I thought they would throw a little bit of money at James Connor. Um, cause he signed a one-year deal with AZ and I think he returned there um smart by az but i thought that was the type of guy that would have fit them perfectly but you know maybe not they, they kind of want to go with that fast break style offense and awesome eckler so i get it uh you just can't burn them out um so that's why i don't see them as of today getting over the hump last but not least dill this is pretty much the only reason you did this show with us you're just waiting to talk raiders and i made you wait till dead last i apologize the silver and black. Does Devonte Adams help Derek Carr finally, finally get recognition and enter just at least enter the MVP conversation this season?
1: I mean, is there any other word to say, but yes, I mean, come on now let's, let's keep it pretty simple here, right? Four straight seasons over 4,000 yards had about 4,800 last year. We know what happened last year with Ruggs, right? We don't have to go down that rabbit hole. Throwing the guys like Zay Jones, right? Waller's out, you know, in and out of games throughout the you know course of the last season, at least. Uh, Hunter Renfro, right? And I love him. The, the rest of the league appears to love this guy as well. Yes, he's a baller, but at the end of the day, who's throwing that man the ball, right? Who's getting these guys involved? Who's getting Zay Jones paid? Who's getting Nelson Aguilar paid again, right? He's This guy's reviving careers. Remember Jared Cook? Yeah, he left, came to the Raiders, and guess what? He had a couple of good seasons, and he went elsewhere. How? Because Derek Carr got him paid. So put a little bit more respect on his name, and cool. Yes, we all know they're BFFs, but he also got one of the best receivers to ever play.
0: Let me add you one more. Who was Darren Waller before Derek Carr?
1: Exactly, right? So, hey, shout out to Gruden. You know, him and Greg Olson saw the man working out. Pre-game versus the Ravens. So, Hey, you know, that's a great story. Happy for him, but yeah, nobody would know who Darren Waller is if it wasn't for our staff and who's that guy throwing the ball. Oh yeah. Number four. Right. But you know, at the same time, apparently Derek Carr gives up 30 points every single game on the other end. Right. So at the end of the day, every statistic when it comes to winter losses on the quarterback, right? So let's give this man some flowers now. And Hey, he finally has a legitimate weapon in this league. Um, who wasn't, you know, a little bit past their prime, if you will, right? Michael Crabtree, all due respect. A lot of people didn't expect him to do what he did in Oakland, right? And we were relevant. And we also had Amari Cooper at that time, too, right? So, hey, he, when he actually had two receivers, he had 2,000 yard receivers. And, you know, he was about 30 seconds, you know, nine minutes away, rather, um, from leaving the game for the Colts and entering the playoffs for the first time. So, yeah, he should absolutely be. Offense alone, I mean, honestly, the biggest person that should be benefiting from this is going to be Josh Jacobs, in my opinion, or any of those running backs that are going to be back there, because there's going to be so many sets of eyes between Waller, Renfro and Adams that, yeah, people are going to be having to try to stop all those guys and Derek Carr is going to get his numbers and he's going to be in the MVP conversation. But I think this running game is going to be the biggest uh, piece to make Derek Carr even look even better
0: on top of that, dude, that's beautiful. I completely agree. 69% passer, bro. He's, he's accurate. He does the job, man. He's cool and steady and better than you think. And he just not talked about because the Raiders are, are having to fight that uphill battle. You know, they finally made the playoffs after X amount of years. The Browns made the playoffs after X amount of years. But before that, it's hard for people to get out of their mind that oh hey they're not in the same realm as the Lions anymore or the Jaguars anymore or the Jets and that teams can't improve. So just because they're not the Cincinnati Bengals that one year making the Super Bowl, that one year the Raiders made the postseason just like the Bengals did. Joe and Burrow. Mind you, <sighs> yeah,
1: we played them as well, and we were came down to the last possession, so could have easily been us, right? <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's just how the ball bounces. Raiders were right there. Tough first round game. Um, Burrow has a loaded offense. Mahomes with Tyree Kill last year, company had a loaded offense. Herbert's got a loaded offense. Derek Carr does not have a loaded offense. He might now, but three years ago, no one wanted Darren Waller. Last before these last 17 games, 18, if you count the playoffs, no one wanted Hunter Renfro. No one can, no one wanted Josh Jacobs. No one wanted Kenyon Drake. Oh, why are the Raiders paying this much for Kenyon Drake? Come on. No one respected anybody on that Raiders offense, including Derek Carr. And then Darren Waller has a couple breakout years. Awesome. He's now on the map. And that's the only person anyone wanted on that Raiders offense and that includes offensive line so if you're out there and you've been hating on the Raiders you're an idiot I'm serious you're not watching football you're watching your favorite team and then the game of the week on Fox or CBS and primetime football then you're not watching the rest of the league which is okay but I'm telling you right now if you didn't see this unfolding if you don't think Derek Carr is a top 10 quarterback you're not watching the football games straight up. If you think Russell Wilson's a better quarterback than Derek Carr, because Russell Wilson went to the Super Bowl when he was young, twice led by an all-time defense, you're not watching the games. Seriously. Derek Carr had no one you wanted besides Darren Waller, not even his running backs, his offensive line. You don't even care about his defense. You don't even care about his old head coach. That was a TV personality. Or the fact that they had an interim head coach last year, like what the hell? How did the Raiders even make the playoffs, Derek freaking Carr? Paul.
2: (laughs) I don't know what else to say, man. Like (laughs) you guys, guys end with that one, man. But no, I mean, like just because. Well, they like we talked about numerous times. AFC is going to be stacked this year, so you know. I wouldn't be shocked if they didn't make the playoffs, you know, I hope hopefully for their case, you know, they do. Cause you know, they made the big moves and, you know, I know we're all kind of Raiders fans over here. Like I know Bill's a big Raiders fan. So we, we, we all kind of try to, you know, help each other out, but damn, like, this is the year for them to do it. You know, I don't know. Um, we'll see what happens. You know, they got the, 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 the strong division and, you know, you know, Derek Carr did play a lot better last year, so if the defense can find – I think the defense finding more consistency and, you know, and like Dill said too, the running game, you know, the things that – the non – the other things besides the Devonte Adams to Derek Carr connections with those other kind of aspects of the game, you know. Um, and let's talk about Daniel Carlson. What a great kicker, right? So The other DC.
1: <laughs> hey, man, clutch.
2: <laughs> Seriously, uh, so yeah, having a kicker. Yeah, that's all I'll say about that. You guys, you guys
0: covered a lot of good stuff on there so. as <laughs> well. Yeah, man. I, there, there's two. Th- there's three players that will get me riled up. If you just mention their names, I'll, I can go on and on. We, there, we went through two of them, Russell Wilson and Derek Carr. We'll go through the third one next time. Y'all know about Carson Wentz already. So, <laughs> Oh, man.